Ladies and gentlemen, it is lightning round. Kevin Topkins, Brett Flint, Andrew Cooper coming at you live. Thank you, Fantasy Alarm, for giving us this platform. Uh, how are you guys doing? Coop, you're fresh off the uh, the old bachelor party here. So uh, you're alive. So that's at least a good thing. Um, yeah, took, how'd it go? Took a little time to recover. You know what I mean? Might have had a few extra Bud Lights, dude. Spent, spent more time in the pool than I did in my own bed. But I'm back, baby. I'm back and ready to rock and roll. I went to a football game while I was out there. So I did do a little footballing. So it was good. Good to go. Brett, how are you doing? How was the game? It was oh, I'm good. it was interesting. But you know what's crazy about that stadium? I don't know if it was just this game, although it is a division game, but like legit, one third of the fans there were wearing Cardinals jerseys. One third were wearing Rams jerseys. An equal third, I felt. And then one third were wearing random jerseys. Like I was wearing a Ben Coates jersey and I ran into a dude wearing a Mac Jones jersey and we're like just chatting it up. And another Kidding dude spirits. walks up wearing a John Hanna jersey. Like just <laughs> dudes I didn't even know. You know what I mean? It's like and then my buddy was there who was a Patriots fan. We're all talking pats and I'm like, oh, you know, it's the third quarter. Maybe we should go see what's going on in the game in here. But it was it was really it was like that. There were transplants all over. It was kind of it's kind of wild, you know? Yeah. And then the guy with the, the Doug Flutie jersey came by and you guys just talked shit about him for, you know. The Doug Flutie guy came by, we're like, keep walking, Flutie. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Grogan jersey went by, didn't even give him a look. Yes, uh, Toronto Dave, it was not my birthday, but the thing is, enough people on Friday or Thursday said it was my birthday that my buddies were watching the show, and they called it my birthday all weekend, and were telling people it was my birthday all weekend, to the point where at one point I inadvertently told someone it was my birthday. They were like, what are you doing out here? I was like, it's my birthday, and then I realized, like, wait a second, no, it's not. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you became a part of the bit. It became my birthday, yeah. it was. It was, it was The lie became real. That's what happens. It. Good times. Well, glad you had fun. Glad you're still here, um, you know, on this big floating rock that we call Earth. It was uh, not sleeping on a, on a roof somewhere. I mean, we've all seen the movies. So um, good for that. Uh, we had some, uh, so I'll say Weird 3 was a very weird week for football. Uh, just a lot of, I mean, week one and week two were like our introductions back into NFL football. Uh, and then week three was kind of the, oh, I guess, well, this this league is weird and, and crazy shit can happen. So uh, some some quick takeaways on, on week three. I'll start with you, Britt. I just cannot believe that Kevin O'Connell still failed to utilize Justin Jefferson. And I'm very bitter about it. I still won my matchup in the league or a couple of leagues that I have him in. Um but how are you throwing to Johnny Munt and KJ Osborne? Adam Thielen finally got his, which was great. But how are you not even targeting him against that defense? It makes absolute zero sense. And I'm just, you know, they need to get their stuff together, especially before week four. Yeah, I think it might be Jeff Okuda, man. He might be a real, he might be a real problem. I'm starting to yeah. look at some of the numbers on that and he, they cut, they had him on Devonta Smith week one, didn't catch a ball. Uh, Terry McLaurin, he kind of against Terry McLaurin, he only had like 20 yards and then kind of took Jefferson away. We'll see. It's going to be interesting this week to see Okuda is going to be covering one of Tyler Lockett or Metcalf could be, could be a real problem. And it's hard to tell who, cause he didn't cover AJ Brown, but he did cover Justin Jefferson. My guess would be he covers the, the uh, flanker. Because that's what he seems to be doing, which would be Lockett, you know, who has had back-to-back -back eleven targets, so you can't bench him. It's like that whole situation is is crazy. Yeah, but I don't know. My one takeaway from this week is that, like, we once again have a difficult time determining which divisions are going to be good or terrible. Apparently, because you know the AFC West not apparently not as good as we thought they are, or at least not yet they're not. Like none of those teams, right? All of them are bad, right? Like. Who is the good? Who's the best team in that division right now? The Chiefs, probably. I mean, and even they the don't fall. look great. They don't look great. The Raiders haven't won. Russ Wilson looks like he's drawing up plays in the sand before the game, like being like, like every play goes down to the last second of the of the clock, you know. And the the Chargers are pretty rough. They just got crushed by the Jaguars. Crushed, not even close. Thirty eight ten. So I don't know, man. That division. Will be interesting. And losing all of their, like losing Bosa now to his groin surgery, which who knows when he's going to be back, losing Rashawn Slater for the season. I mean, Rashawn Slater was the one bright spot 
last season on that team, yeah. on that offensive line. And now that they've Her. lost him, you've got to protect Herbert. I mean, who the hell knows He's, what's going to happen Herbert's hurt that. as well, right? Yeah. Keenan yeah, Allen's banged up. Great. There's a bunch of that going around. So, yeah, not great, Bob. Um, I guess mine would be just, yeah, I mean, teams are not, a, it's a week-to-week league, literally. Teams snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Like, look at the Buffalo Bills. I mean, granted, that was against a good team in Miami, who I think we can certainly say is a good team now. And if you look at their schedule coming up, I mean, I talked about it on the Fantasy Besties. That's a team that could possibly go like 10-0, and 11-0. I mean, it yeah. is soft. It is Charmin soft. Um, and then the Chiefs, like, against the Colts. Like, I think the Colts are dust. Maybe my opinion um, is w- pretty low on the Colts. I just don't think they're as good as what, you know, a lot of people think they are. Just Taylor's great. You know, Pittman's really good. I don't really have a high opinion on Matt Ryan right now. And then the rest of the offense is just kind of jags at this point. But except for baby boy Jelani Woods, let's not lump Jelani Woods into the jag category. (laughs) He he is a he is a robust toddler right now in this offense. He's just strutting around there with a full diaper and you know, he's he's got his fill. He can he can have whatever he wants, you know. That wide receiver two or pass catcher two and that offense is as wide open as anybody's so uh who's play, to say? play more snaps than uh 16 yeah out of 74 but hey i mean double those snaps they'll score four touchdowns next week so that's the way that works full full diaper jelani woods didn't think i'd be throwing that uh little nugget out there but uh here we are especially this early new- <laughs> i know right yeah, we're usually an hour in before we get to those takes, but uh, it is what it is. So uh, let's talk about uh, week four. Uh, we got f- hopefully a more fun week, I would say, uh, this week coming up. We have a London game uh, for the first time. So uh, get ready to set your lineups at like 630 uh, uh, Pacific time. That'll be fun for uh, old Howard Bender to, to set his uh, lineups there with Viking Saints. Um Let's go with the player or situation we're excited about, and uh, let's go with uh, let's go with Coop here. What about you? What are you excited about? I'm excited to see which team will end up being the the worst three and one team of all time. Will it be the Chicago Bears or will it be the New York Giants? I mean, these teams are both disgusting, in my opinion. Like uh, the Giants, perhaps not even of any fault of their own, because no one seems to either want to play for them or stay healthy as far as pass catchers, right? Like yeah. Kenny Galladay's checked out. Kadarius Tony is checked out and hurt. Wanda Robinson's hurt. And then poor Sterling Shepard, the one dude who, you know, tore his Achilles, fought to came back, come back, took less money to stay with the team, right? Was the only dude actually playing all the snaps, got hurt, and now he's out for the season again. So now we're going to see what, like, Richie James and David Sills go up against Equinemia St. Brown. Like this is going to be, this is going to be a disaster. I, I might watch the whole game. I might want just, I might put this game on the big TV just to see what kind of uh, a disaster it is. What's the over under for that game? Like 35, 12. Yeah, seriously. So I'm, I'm excited <laughs> yeah, it cannot for that. That's, yeah. be, it That's cannot what I want to see. Hi. One of that, one of those teams is going to be like first in their division coming out of that game. Which is just crazy to me. Like, awesome. it, nothing, it's like, do y'all remember whose line is it anyway, where the points are made up and nothing matters? That's <laughs> yeah. how I feel about this matchup in this division. Who cares oh, Wendy, about having I hope it's Chicago. I hope it's Chicago, Wendy. And I hope they throw it five times. I hope they throw five times and they win. And they're four and they're but three and one and with like 50, 50 pass attempts. Less than Joe Flacco's attempted in any single game. That would be that'd be perfect. like they might as well be a service academy at this point. Yeah. Well, uh, so, I would uh, personally Brit. like that for all my Khalil Herbert shares. And uh, <laughs> you know, the Giants didn't exactly look great against Pollard and Zeke either. So I feel like it could be a big Khalil Herbert game. Even if Montgomery comes back, I bet he's on a snap count. And uh so I hope you picked up Herbert on waivers. But um, the situation or game that I'm excited about is to see the Bills and the Ravens. You know, Lamar Jackson has come out and basically put himself at the forefront of the MVP conversation. Even though, you know, they did lose to Miami, Buffalo lost to Miami. 
You know, I want to see these two quarterbacks go head to head. Um, this also might be a little bit of a weather game with the hurricane making its way up the coast at that point. Um, I think that this, there's a 90% chance of rain, something like that with maybe, um, I think 30 ish mile an hour winds. So that's going to play a big factor. And we're actually going to see the bills have to utilize their run game and how well the Ravens can stop it. We know that the Ravens have a bad pass defense, but I want to see somebody actually have to have a good old school, like ground and pound game just to see how this shakes out. And Lamar Jackson is a big part of that. I want to see him go down there, completely run it down Buffalo's throats, make continue to make his case for MVP and continue to make a case for him getting paid. So I don't know how you guys feel about that. My hope upon hopes is that J.K. Dobbins is running and the winds get so strong, it literally lifts him off the ground and over the Bills defense just for multiple touchdowns. Like, that's that would be pretty sweet. Um, yeah, I mean, love, the fact I love when that, that happens. I know, right? The, the zero times place. that's ever happened in the like in recorded human history, that would be great. But uh, yeah. no, the fact that this game is at you know, one o'clock Eastern and not like the national game. I mean, trust me, Coop and I Packers Patriots is a national game because we know CBS wanted, could not resist getting a shot of uh, Aaron Rodgers on uh, national TV against uh, the immortal Brian Hoyer. But uh, yeah, uh, superstar, but uh, yeah, that game's going to be the, the game. And the fact that we get it at one o'clock, I mean, most of the, most of the country is going to see it anyway. So, I mean, it's really not much of a difference. I think but... we should start after the past like couple weeks of these primetime games just being complete and utter trash. I feel like the NFL needs to have some sort of fan vote input in there, like which games we want to see in primetime to avoid yes, us. Giants, being... Let's go. Yes, I, I yes, that would that would be the one, right? <laughs> the, but tr- like, the troll vote will win after... almost every they, time. Oh yeah, you can't be putting. Those two votes on the that's end. how you get but I'm saying, but I'm like saying not, not where it's like vote, vote, but like take a poll, you know, like a legit poll of just random people and see like who the people actually want to see. Like, we didn't want to see that San Francisco Denver game, that game was garbage. The Cowboys Giants game was pretty much garbage until the end of the third quarter. Um, so like CD Lamb had that catch, low, that's about it, yeah. These low T uh, primetime games, they just, they got to go. I mean, Bengals Dolphins should be pretty good. I mean, on paper, that should be a good game. Hopefully. I mean, with our luck, that's going to be like a nine, seven snooze fest, but it's so weird yeah. watching, watching uh, football out on the West coast, like on West coast time. Cause it's like, you're up drinking beers early. You know? Right. Yeah. You foot like Sunday night football is done. And like, Oh, it's like seven o'clock. Like, what do we do now? But then it was like, was there's like, still daylight. Right. Well, I was, yeah, we literally, we went to, we went to the game and we got out. It was still like 110 degrees out. And I was just like, oh. like I watched the first games drinking in a pool. And then I went to the game. And after the game, I was like, can we shut this off, please? Like I'm done with this. Go back to the pool. <laughs> right, I'm done with this here. The sun. Oh so, man. Yeah. Uh, it's, let's it's get to- exactly like that. Yep. Let's get to this question here from Alex. Trey Goddard and McKenzie for T. Higgins. My other wide receivers are Debo, Tavonta Smith, tight ends, David and Joku. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, Goddard and McKenzie. For, I mean, good luck if you're able to get uh, T. Higgins for Goddard and McKenzie. Uh, I'll just say Godspeed on that, good sir. Uh, if you could do but, if if that's on the table and you can get T. Higgins, you need to snap except that right Yeah, now. you need care. to like. I don't care just, if you had no tight end on your entire roster. Don't close the stream out. Just open a new tab. Go to your league. Go accept it right now. Mackenzie doesn't owe. He doesn't play enough snaps. He doesn't play a full snap share. He didn't even play a full snap share when Gabe Davis was out. Right. He's just not a full-time player. And And also go hit the like button on this video. It looks nice when he plays 46 snaps in a game this weekend, but they played 91. 91. So he didn't even, he played half the snaps roughly. Like so, which looks terrible when they have a game under control and they play like the Dolphins, who they played against, only played forty three snaps. Isaiah McKenzie would have played about twenty in that game. So, yeah, just kind of yep. ridiculous. And Najoku, if Najoku's your other tight end, I mean, he's really come on, and I think that you know 
all this fear that we had about the Browns offense going into the season, we've kind of shaken that off. Like we've seen that they are very capable of spreading the ball around to uh, both Amari Cooper and Njoku and then still able to get it to Chubb. So I would ride with Njoku and uh, try to get that upside with Higgins for sure. Shout out Albert, and, dude. Uh, Albert was in the chat this morning for our FYF show, like 8 a.m. Dude, you're a soldier, Albert. Dude. He like, is a soldier. He's always here. Albert, too. Yeah, you're you're the man, Albert. And you're you're awesome, Absolutely. too, Wendy, and Toronto. Oh, gang, dude. Love this crew. Dave, Ying, Ying tight end or Yang tight end, but you don't know the actual player. <laughs> um, Go with the Yang tight end, man. Go big. Like, just go for it. That's what I'm doing this week. Get Full diaper me. play. I really got to stop with that. I'm going to get canceled. <laughs> I'm not even sure what that um, means. I don't even well, know it either. Has, I was just... The, the huevos. It has, it has kind of seen that, you know, all these top-end tight ends, aside from, you know, Kelsey and Mark Andrews, and to be honest, even Kelsey to some extent, because he hasn't lived up, aside from that week one, to what we thought his potential was going to be. A lot of these, you know high upside tight end guys have really been the ones who have sh uh, showed up for you every week. So yeah, I don't, it's a weird year. I'm just already going to call it now. This year is strange. Yeah. Tight ends are bad. Like Will Disley is a top 12 tight end. And that's like the strength of what? Like two touchdowns. It's pretty much. It always it. looks like this though, man. It always looks oh, like no, this. Oh no, I know. But the fact that, I mean, Tyler, Tyler Conklin is tight end three. And then, you know, in the random stroke of genius, uh, you know, we all love Joe Flacco because he peppers everybody else with uh, with targets. And now, you know, we hate the starter going back in with Zach Wilson. So that's going to like ruin Conklin's. I mean, someone's going to get shut out of that offense, it, you know, with the lack of pass attempts. It's probably going to be Conklin. It's, you know, a lot's going to be coming off of the running backs, too. So that's going to be tough. Uh, for for especially if I, he's like a sell high, I mean, you almost have to, but it's hard to sell him high because you know, n almost not a lot of people buy it. Yeah, the market for uh, tight ends is not very robust. Yeah, not great, Bob. Um, I'm sorry, <laughs> Dave, I'm sorry, buddy, but uh, yes, I do like Conk Daddy, that's one of my favorite uh nicknames i'll call him that but i needed to hear it um one player situation i'm excited about for week four uh the jacksonville jaguars being run with actual adults uh in prominent positions and with that the growth of trevor lawrence just as a quarterback like he's been pretty fantastic and it also helps that we're christian kirk is dare I say, been worth the money that they paid him, at least so three weeks into, into year one. Um, you know, we really should have known that improving the offensive environment would affect every piece of the offense here. I mean, it's really just a big trickle-down effect from Doug Peterson to, to Trevor Lawrence, and then the strength of the offense grows and grows to now we have multiple pieces of the Jaguars' offense that are you know, super relevant in fantasy. I mean, James Robinson, the medical marvel himself, you know, we know he's been fantastic, but like Zay Jones is even a thing, you know, aside from Christian Kirk, Evan Engram, you know, we're, we're hoping that he can be a bigger piece. Sorry, Coop, but I mean, it, it needed to be said, but yeah. Well, he's had two uh, touchdowns very... held back. Had it not been for that, like he would be a legit piece in this. Office. Maybe they should just, yeah, he maybe they should just run him like the Giants did at the end of last year. He faced Derwin James this week, too. I mean, like, Derwin James yeah, yeah. powerbombed Travis Kelsey. You got to remember. So, it's, uh, better better days ahead, I think. He's, like, top. He's, like, seventh in routes run per dropback. So, he's got that goal. Yeah. He's out there running around. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, but, they I play mean, the Eagles. Yeah. That's a tough. Uh, that's it. I think that that might be a low key fun game though. They got the I corners. Mean, they got well, the good and corners with the weather too. The because that's going to be another weather game. I think that's going to be a big theme of this week. That's another game where they're going to have like a ninety percent chance of rain, a bunch of heavy winds, and so I think those underneath routes, like um, to Etn, to Kirk, to Ingram, are going to be the guys who get the touch or the targets in this game and so i think that egram does have the possibility of kind of going off this week while they're focused on all those down or long routes so i don't know we'll see 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's get off of the uh, the things we're excited to see as much as we, you know, uh, love that. Let's talk about some things we're concerned about, things that we're a little nervous about. So, uh, Britt, for you, uh, one thing that you're nervous about heading into week four. I am super nervous about Kyler Murray and the entire Arizona offense. I don't really know what is going on. Coop, you were at the game. I don't know if you have some inside information about what's going on with this team. But Murray has only thrown three touchdowns through three games. They're not using him to run whatsoever. I think he has like five rushing attempts through three games. His quarterback rating is 49.5. And then you look at the drops that happened with the receivers this past week. I mean, they were dropping stuff all over the place. Um, And then this week, A.J. Green's likely out with that bone bruise. Greg Dorch is banged up. Um, uh, Rondell Moore's status is up in the air like, this offense has to figure themselves out and it's, I'm going to probably say the weather game again, but it's another game where there's going to be high winds and you're not going to be able to pass as accurately. And if they can't get some kind of just balance, I guess, to their offense, then they're in for a lot of trouble. Yeah. They, I mean, they it looked like, at the game, it looked like a little dude running around throwing it to little dudes and them not breaking any tackles. That's like, they need DeAndre Hopkins back. That, I think that's the key that unlocks everything for this team because they were, you know, they were letting them do the underneath screen passes and dump downs all game long to Marquise Brown, to Greg Dortch. They didn't seem to care, right? Like they let Marquise Brown catch 15 of 17 targets, but he wasn't going anywhere with it, right? Like, and, you know, he did, he should have hit, he should have hit Zach Ertz for that touchdown. The throw was a little high. Ertz should have made the catch. Like, that should have been there, but they they need that. You know what I mean? And teams are starting to figure out how to play Kyler, which is like they let him run around behind the line of scrimmage and just spy him. And that he did a lot of running around and not a lot of running the ball past the line of scrimmage, which is the worst thing you want for your quarterback is to just, like, tucker himself out but not actually run for any yards. Like, he hasn't really been running for yard, for past the line of scrimmage, but if you watch the games – He's covering a lot of ground. It's just all like, you know, facing the wrong direction, a lot of it. So I don't know. They've got to do something else. They need to, he needs help playbook-wise, play direction-wise, but he also needs, like, honestly, they should bring in Antoine Wesley. And like, like I don't see what, they need to get somebody out there. If AJ Green can't do it and there's no DeAndre Hopkins, they need bigger bodies because they just looked small. That's what it was the entire game. Trey McBride. They yeah. need somebody like anything, man. A- anything. And Trey McBride would be, I think, a talent upgrade versus, I mean, Andre Baselli is of the world and the Andy Isabella's of the world. Like you can't just trot out these, you know, m- look like the Terminator from Little Giants. Like you can't trot out, you know, five of these guys and expect to run a functional NFL offense. I mean, Kyler Murray can't even see over the offensive line. I mean, that's problem right there. That's why do you think he gets out and, you know, uh, outside the tackle box so often, but yeah. I mean, good God. I mean, that game wasn't even a game last week. It just looked, you know, good in the statue because Marquise Brown had 17 targets. Dorch and Earth both had 10 targets, but good Lord. I mean, meaningless targets. Uh, th- really. This is what, huh? It was yeah. just meaningless targets. It was yeah. Oh, they're, they were so empty. Like, you, this is why Cl- Cliff Kingsbury is on the hot seat right now. I mean, I think it's, it's Matt Rule is like front and center. But I think Cliff Kingsbury's right there uh, next to him. I mean, you have Kyler Murray, who you paid. Now you brought in Marquise Brown. You're going to get DeAndre Hopkins back in a few weeks. But still, um, it's <laughs> you got to set yourself up now. So they have a tank. Uh, did they, y'all they see? Just, they, they need DeAndre Hopkins back. Dave. Yeah. Well, did y'all see that uh, press conference with Kingsbury where yes. the reporter asked? Um, so you have like five, four guys trying to block against a safety. Do you think that that's efficient or that that's whatever, something like that? And he's like, well, I admit he whipped on that block, da, 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 but he has to do his job there. And then the reporter followed up and said, do you think you should be asking them to do different jobs for a reporter <laughs> to be that savage? I mean, what, 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 that says it all right there. What's so annoying about that? reporter doing that is that everybody in the world was begging for Rondell, <coughs> sorry for Rondell Moore to play over like Max Williams and that's yeah. the entire reason that Rondell Moore wasn't playing is that he, he had him block on like 10 plays 
and he had like three whiffs and a hold and a holding penalty. Like so, and now now we flip around and we're like, oh, you can't have these guys block. It's like you can't have it both ways. The problem is the GM drafted seven of those dudes. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if you're gonna have if you're gonna build a team of Rondell Moore and Greg Dorch and Andy Isabella, then that's what it's gonna look like. You know, it's crazy to me yep. that like that, it's they're literally a flag football team. Like they should have been out in Canton just cleaning house. But yep. sure. it is what it is. Uh, Coop, what about you? Uh, a thing your uh, player situation you're nervous about for uh, for week four? Yeah, I'm nervous about DJ Moore. And the reality here is that, yeah, there he goes. <laughs> got to talk against dude. Yeah, I, I, dude. I'm out. sorry. It's a tough pill to Exit swallow. As crazy as it is, Baker Mayfield, this was pointed out to me by Mr. John and Pember, the number one, uh, the number one Baker Mayfield hater of all time. But this statistic is true that this year Baker Mayfield has the very worst quarter QBR of any quarterback. And I was like, can't be worse than Justin Fields. And we pulled it up and it's almost five points worse than Justin Fields. Like it is down there, bro. Jimmy G and Joe Flacco are like at least 10 points higher. 18.8 QBR. That's out of a hundred, dude. Like he is right now, according to that metric, the worst quarterback in the league. If he's not going to step up and be even moderately better, dude. No, he's not even Baker midfield. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) that's so good. I'm really surprised. I've never heard that before. Yeah, no, dude. He's like faker left field. Deep fake Mayfield. Yeah, like awful, dude. Awful. And if he doesn't get even moderately better, then you can't start DJ Moore, which is brutal for where you drafted him. Because, I mean, you just can't continue to start a guy as who's supposed to be your wide receiver too that's getting 40 yards and sometimes none like it's somewhere between zero and 40 like there's a million guys you could start that do that yeah yeah it's not good it's not put matt collins in place of dj Moore this week if you started matt collins every week this year then it would have been worth it over dj Moore, right because he's like wide receiver like 17 or something or 20 just off the one game. At least you got one game out of him instead of zero. Well, he actually had a good DJ game too, also. So, but we'll oh, talk about that later. So. Yeah, we will. Um, I yeah. Well, well, I'll just save it for later. But yeah, um, <laughs> it's as a DJ Moore uh, truther. It's been really, really uh, a tough pill to swallow because the thesis behind DJ Marwells it can't get worse than Sam Darnold. Couldn't possibly. Well, <laughs> I mean, I think Matt Rule has found his uh, love connection with uh, with Baker Mayfield. At least Ma- Baker Mayfield's making a connection with somebody. Um, apparently, it's Matt Rule, and apparently, it's going to be in the unemployment line. I mean, we can only hope because that that might be what it's going to take for. I mean, it's not even it's not even the, the the just DJ Moore. It's the entire like scheme of what they're trying to do. Like the fact that they're playing Shy Smith like. 70 80 percent of routes and then like you got lavisca chenault who gets like that one five yard pass and just houses it like that dude should be i mean lavisca chenault bias aside that dude should be your big slot like over replacement player shy smith the fact that they're basically turning christian mccaffrey into derrick henry when last week derrick henry looked more like christian mccaffrey than christian mccaffrey like it is just it's a miscarriage of justice right now uh, that is the the story of the 2022 Carolina Panthers. It's revolting to see. It's so bad. It's it's unwatchable football. Like I will watch any football. I'll I'll even watch the XFL. I don't even care. I don't know if I can stomach a Carolina Panthers game. Like, are they in on any Thursday night football? Like, I don't even know. But God, I'm gonna watch like The Bachelor or whatever weird shows on on Thursday nights just so I don't have to watch that. It's bad, especially oh, well, if it's led by Matt rule, I should say. Yeah. Um, and you know what the, well, the funny thing is if Matt rule gets fired, guess who's the head coach more than likely it's Ben fucking McAdoo. Which we like, saw I, how that worked that'd be, out. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I'd love to what say I think, what the hell I mean, McAdoo like, in there. There's, there's inept. And then there's, Matt Rule and McAdoo like they are beyond inept at this point like how do you have this many weapons and on defense as well you know their defense isn't living up 
to what it should be right now. How do you have this much talent and you're just straight up squandering it against some very beatable teams? I just, it makes zero sense. If, if the Carolina Panthers, the success of the Carolina Panthers in 2022 was to complete a sentence speaking, this would be what they're doing right now. Have you ever had a dream that that you um you had you 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 could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could you you want you want him to do you so much you could do anything. <laughs> that is the that story. That will always of... be an all-time fave. An all-time fave. <laughs> that is the fave. story of the 2022 Carolina Panthers. Just lock it up right there. Boom. Put yep. that in a time We capsule. need to clip that. Clip Ugly, it. Ugly, baby. Ugly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I get to talk to th- what, I, what I'm concerned about now. Uh, we're going to just keep rolling this train going. Um, the uh, Jets offense with Zach Wilson. Uh, we touched on it a little bit, but, you know, with Tyler Conklin, um, you know, I'm just so concerned about the lack of, you know, there's not going to be as many pass attempts. We saw... Uh, we know Elijah Moore is going to get his. Uh, we know, I mean, Garrett Wilson's been very good on a uh, per route basis. I mean, he's still not running a full uh, starter's route share. Um, yeah, Albert, that is. Oh, that's going to be gross. That is the opposite <laughs> of must-see TV. Um, so I'm glad that's not at NBC because, like, Dick Evers, I'll be rolling in his. I don't think he's dead yet, but. Um, yeah, so the New York Jets. I'm very concerned about there's going to be targets just lopped off of people. Tyler Conklin's going to go back to being Tyler Conklin previous to 2022. I mean, it's going to hurt the bottom line of Priest Hall. It's going to hurt the bottom line of Michael Carter, at least keeping him relevant in fantasy. Um, We just got to hope for just some actual tangible improvement with Zach Wilson. I just don't know if it's there, but you know, the fact that just Joe Flacco at the very least made them semi-competitive was a good sign um i mean it's zach wilson i had never really had him as far as in any kind of esteem or any kind of confidence that he could uh work in a functional offense in the nfl he kind of showed a little bit of that in 2021 but never was really a guy that um you know really could take any big steps toward being that guy we'll see i mean change my mind that's all I'm going to say. Uh, I'm like, I am the guy at the table. Like Zach Wilson is a donk. Change my mind. For, for fantasy fans, it's set up to fail because the game scripts for the Jets so far have been unsustainably good for fantasy football. The league leader last year averaged 69 snaps a game, and it was the Ravens, and they were running a ton of snaps. And the Jets are averaging 77. They're averaging over 50 Pass attempts a game. They're on pace for eight. The, the all-time record is 731, which was set last year because there was another game. They're on pace for 884 They're to obliterate the pass attempt record. So hey, no matter that's a what, good number, by the yeah, way. Like, if, if, if it was just Joe Flacco again, they probably would come back down to earth. Tyler Conklin, all these guys would come back to earth. You can't throw 50 times every single game. Your arm would fall off, too. Like, even Drew Bledsoe couldn't do that. He tried. So, like, it's, it's not going to happen. And now you bring back Zach Wilson, who's probably more of a game manager. I think now is the time to sell all those guys, honestly, especially Tyler Conklin. Because Tyler Conklin, when you look at his per like his percentages, they're not even good. Because like if you get you know twenty one targets out of one hundred and fifty, what is that like a thirteen percent target share? That's lower than Evan Ingram. That's lower than all these other guys. It's not even good. His eight odds like three yards. He blocks on ten percent of his pass plays. He is who we thought. He was, but they just make him run around like like crazy. You know what I mean? It's just it's not going to continue happening. So just be very careful with the Tyler Conklins of the world because pain is coming. Yep. I wrote in my hot takes article over at Fantasy Alarm um, after week two that I thought that the Jets should keep Flacco on even when Zach Wilson is healthy at least for another couple of weeks, because this team is so young and this team needs a veteran presence. And I don't believe that Zach Wilson is that guy. I do think he is that game manager, which kind of intrigues me a little bit about Brees Hall, but they're not going to be in that kind of game script to use him like that. So yeah, 
it's it's not very pretty for any of the Jets. I'm sorry, Howard, if you're listening. I know that's not what you want to hear, but um, yeah, it's just unsustainable and it's not it's not going to be pretty. Yeah, it's going to be like Tyler Conklin, you know, uh, Toronto Dave called him Conk Daddy. He's going to be Conk Step Daddy because you're going to see him every other week, if that. So <laughs> that's now that's a good one. <laughs> that, that was that was good. That's strong. It is what it is. Um, so one uh, one question that we uh, we're, we're firing through, by the way, tonight uh, on on some of this stuff. So uh, might get weird in like the last ten minutes of the show, uh, even more weirder than we already have. One question that we want answered uh, about a player situation week four, and you know what? I'll start. Um, you know what? No, actually, you know what, Coop. I want you to start. I want Mr. Hangover here to start. Yeah, this is a, I mean, this one, this one's near and dear to my heart, but I think it's also going to be, it's going to matter for fantasy football because uh, you'll hear what's going on with Mac Jones, the team saying minimum four weeks, but he's saying he wants a second opinion, could be six to eight weeks. So we're going to get at least a Cooper Rush sized group of games here from Brian Hoyer. And as we've seen with Cooper Rush, a lot of times these guys come in and they lean on a certain player that they either like or are familiar with. Cooper Rush came in. It was a Noah Brown show for a while until he like got some timing going with CeeDee Lamb. Brian Hoyer is going to come in and he's going to favor someone. We don't know who it's going to be, but that's that's honestly how it works. Like Maybe they'll keep him to a super game manager role and he won't even throw that much. But somebody will benefit from this and potentially emerge as someone that you can use in a, a DFS at the very least. But could potentially emerge like if he what if he decides he wants to throw to Devonte parker eight nine times a game right he that could have what if he loves hunter henry and decides every time they get anywhere near the red zone he's gonna throw it to hunter henry that could very well happen right like noah brown has become a viable fantasy asset because of cooper rush and now we get to see that with brian hoyer so that is something that i want to see the answer to it's a completely different player coming in and you know nobody can play the exact same game that the guy the, the other guy plays so We'll see. He could even be better than Mac Jones. You never know. Like Mac Jones yeah. is a pretty young player. And we, you know, speaking as a Cowboys fan, whenever Dak went down, it's like none of your Cowboys have fantasy value. Everything's in the garbage until Dak comes back. And then Rush comes in and actually does like provide some kind, especially in PPR leagues, some fantasy value for a lot of these players. And so while I'm not, you know, rushing out there to start Devontae Parker, who I do have in the Kings Classic auction because it was a stud and dud. <laughs> so I ended up with Devontae Parker. Um, I am very interested to see how this works out with Hoyer for the next few weeks and to see if they can develop some chemistry and uh, some fantasy relevance. What I think is going to happen is that it's going to be a lot more run heavy. We're going to see a lot more Ramondre and Damian Harris. But it's he, like you said, he's got to throw to somebody. So. Yeah, and I want to circle back to what you're talking about, about Cooper Rush, and obviously he's had a connection with Noah Brown. You know, that's been very well, you know, on display. Like, the fact that a backup quarterback in, in the offense doesn't change that much should probably tell you everything you need to know about Kellen Moore, at least being a pretty good offensive coordinator and, and working to the talent that you have and not really changing it up. So, like, that's it really matters the offensive kind of philosophy and scheme there because the fact that, you know, I'm going to double back to Carolina. I don't really care uh, <laughs> with the fact that just, I mean, it rings we need true. That, like, we need that clip. That's, we need that Simpsons clip. That's like, stop, stop. They're already dead. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true though. Like the fact that if you can't dial up something for DJ Moore when a backup quarterback and an offensive coordinator can die, I mean, Cooper rush looked, like look great like at times like i'm not saying he's you know going to be a great quarterback by any stretch but i mean he looked competent and that's what you want out of a backup quarterback you want somebody that well obviously they're not going to be as good as the starting quarterback but they're going to be at least able to move the ball and at least perform the functions of your offense like that's what you want um and then I'll, I'll, I guess I'll, uh, you know, throw in my two cents about the Patriots here. I will try not to make it about the Carolina Panthers. Um, yeah. I mean, who knows? It could be like the little Jordan Humphrey show where he has just like some kind of connection with, you know, these, these deeper wide receivers. I mean, he's running, yeah, you know, he's running some routes. He's not doing much, but he's running routes and that's, 
you know, who knows that that could be a connection, you know, John Smith, you never know about these guys. So we'll, 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 I think we'll know early when we see some name popping off that we don't, you know, really expect, you know, it could be that narrative, that narrative always kind of seems to rear its head. Um, whenever we see these backup quarterbacks, um, you know, get some time or at least some, some extended time. So yeah, Hoyer show lives again for another year. On a side note, like Lil Jordan Humphrey is like an oxymoron, right? Like with that <laughs> name, like you think he's yes. gonna be like a little slot guy? That dude's huge. He's like six huge. four. Massive. He's like six four two thirty. Like Lil, then they're like Lil Jordan. Like, dude, he it's like just... a car, it's like a Bugs Bunny cartoon where it's like Lil Jordan Humphrey. He's like, oh yeah, he's little, and then he like bugs out. He's like, yeah, yeah, he comes out. He's like, I'm Pee Wee, right? Like, <laughs> he should probably just drop the Lil part at this point. Or like the dog that's like named Daisy and it goes after Elmer Fudd. That's him. Yeah. That's him. Uh, get it to get to a couple of these questions from Caden, the Colts fan. Uh, league made of mine had Jefferson and Andrews on the trade block. Should I offer him Cooper Cup for the pair? I mean, I yeah. don't necessarily hate that, but I think I would. I mean, you're getting Je- Jefferson is in, you know, it's. I don't know if you really say a step down here, but then you're just going to attack on Mike Evans to that. I mean, you still got Tom Brady throwing him the ball. I mean, the, the team that really needs wide receivers now, as long as, you know, when do they play the Saints next? Hopefully it's week 18 where he doesn't have to worry about getting suspended with uh, Lattimore across from it. Uh, what do you guys think? I mean, I, I think I'm making that deal. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think the value with that is so good because Jefferson does have that wide receiver one overall possibility as soon as they get kevin o'connell and get everything kind of together i mean i we saw it in week one what they can do in that offense so um yeah i as much as i hate getting rid of cup i think that you come out ahead in that deal as an overall value i still don't know for sure if cup is going to be better than jefferson this entire season i mean it's been three games that's what i'm saying Tough matchups. Yeah. Like if you can just get, you're basically getting Mike Evans for free. So I'm doing that for sure. Yeah, pretty much. And then this one got thrown in here by Anton. Uh, should I accept Russ and Michael Carter to get to? Uh, don't think I would do that. Uh, not with Russ doing what he's doing, and I don't think you're getting enough back with Carter just because. I mean, Brees Hall for the first week, you know, first time in three weeks out snapped and out, you know, got more routes than Michael Carter did. I don't know if it's a complete changing in the guard with the Jets. But I think Michael Carter is now the 1B uh, versus Brees Hall is the 1A. That may change a little bit with Zach Wilson, but I tend to figure if that's if that's happened already in week three, that that's going to be a more constant thing. So um, I think Russ and Mike and Carter to get to, I would, I mean, if you can trade those two to get to, I like it. I, I would want Tua here. Yeah. Yeah. Tua is, I would take Tua's Tua. Been awesome. Yeah, I would take. I was looking at the Q, that QBR guys. list. He's he's number one right now, baby. Two has been two has looked awesome, which seems crazy to me because you would think it'd be Lamar Jackson, but oh yeah, two has been two has been cool. Well, yeah, that's but what they happens. Don't count Lamar's rushing yardage. That's that's the whole dig on QBR. I think yeah. they should too. I think it should be like an all encompassing situation, but that's what they tried. That's what they they sold it to us as because passer rating didn't. They sold it to us as a special stat that encompassed everything, but like. How is that not yeah. important? He's like the dude's like QB one and RB three. Yeah, but yeah, the fact that he is RB three is mind blowing. Crazy dude. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, Tua looks, you know, just yeah, Tua, yeah, Tua just looks weird on the other side of that trade as it's as the side. But you know what? As as things happen, I've got information, man. New shit has come to light. It's come to light, dude. It's true. And I think the moment that everyone realized who was good was when that dude posted that video that was flipped and it looked like he was right-handed and everyone was like, this guy's <laughs> awesome. What the heck? Right? Like everyone realized that it like, you know, it just looked weird because it was lefty, you know? Yeah. Like, like two, it just went into like a clown, uh, a house of mirrors and you know, yeah. Yeah. This what it is. All right. Uh, Britt, um, this is, this is going to be fun. Uh, what a question that you want answered about a player or a situation in week floor. The floor is yours. I think I so said week I, four. Week four. I think you said that on purpose. That was a Freudian slip because of your opinion on this player, but I need to see 
what Matt Collins can do in this race. Yes, that's what we love to hear. For our, all our audio listeners, he accepted the trade. So there we go. Awesome. <laughs> um, that was the Jefferson I, one, right? Jefferson and Mike Evans trade. Um, uh, go back. I would have to Cage, was, Cage yes. was Jefferson and Mike Evans for Cup. Yeah, dude. Free That's Mike awesome. Evans. Perfect. For sure. Nice snag. And then in like two Love weeks, it. trade him Jefferson for Cup straight up. <laughs> <laughs> when Jefferson goes off this week, just be like, oops, you want him back? Right. Love it. Um, so okay. But I want to see what Matt Collins can do in this offense. And I know that everybody out there is saying, well, they didn't have Hunter Renfro. Like he was just a fill in. He's not going to have a role going forward in this offense, but I would like to argue that he does. Um, in week one, he had an 88% snap share week two. He had an 87% snap share and week three, he had a 96% snap share. Even with Renfro in, in week two, he saw eight targets. I think that Matt Collins could be a legitimate downfield threat as opposed to Renfro's slot receiving ability. And I think that that's what the Raiders are going to need with all the attention on Devonte Adams. Now I'm not ready to start him every week, but I am very, very intrigued about what he can do on this offense. And I just want to see a little bit more. Well, yeah, he is playing a full snap share. There's no question. I mean, he's played, he's the, they, they are just rolling out three wide receivers and realistically it's four because if you look at Darren Waller, he's playing like 90% of his snaps at wide receiver. So this team's just rolling four wide receiver sets. It's not the first time we've seen this. Uh, we watched uh, the uh, Washington, at the time they were the Redskins, now the Commanders, did something very similar. And they just rolled out three wide receivers and Logan Thomas, who was just standing up near the near the tackle, but not ever blocking and just running routes, right? And it's a very fun offense, but in this case, they're not winning any games. But it does lead to a lot of slinging the ball around it's just a matter for me. It's a matter of ranking these targets and ability. You know, if if you for Mac Hollins to emerge, somebody needs to bite the dust. So, Britt, who do you think is is the guy that kind of falls by the wayside a little bit in this case? If Mac Hollins does, you know, not not you saying it will happen, but because we're talking about things that we want to see what happens, right? But in the world where Mac Hollins does continue to be kind of a boss here. Who would be the one that you think would be most affected by it? I think it would be Renfro. Because if you look at the overtime game in Arizona, Renfro fumbled the ball not once but twice. They were fortunate to recover it on that first fumble, but then he fumbled that game-losing ball. I mean, twice in one overtime drive, I mean, you just can't do that. And I think what Hollins has shown that, you know, he that incredible – catch that touchdown catch that he did literally leaning over the guy and snagging the ball and then tucking it in. I mean, that was so impressive. That's something that Hunter Renfro cannot do. That's not to say that Hunter Renfro isn't good at football. He's a filthy route runner. Like he's got great hands, but he doesn't have the size and that speed that Mac Hollins has. And so I think eventually that Hollins could uh, outsnap Renfro and end up being the third in line in this offense. I think he honestly kind of already quietly has been snapping him. Mm -hmm. I think he, Matt Collins just been out there. He has now targeted him. That's the thing. So, but you know, especially in standard or uh, I don't really play a lot of standard leagues, but if you play standard guys like Renfro, like aren't that good. They really aren't. And guys yeah. like Matt Collins, like you don't care about if they do it with three catches for 75 yards versus a guy like Hunter Renfro who needs like nine to get 75 yards. You know what I mean? So there are definitely formats where Matt Collins, best ball, obviously, Matt Collins is, is locked in now, right? But, yeah, there are definitely formats for it. Well, I mean, it, I agree. Interesting to see what happens. I think Devontae Adams gets peppered with targets this week after the comments he made about how disappointed he was. Like, if you're Derek Carr and that's your best friend and, like, he's pissed about, you know, the team losing and he's also not being that involved, this is where you go and say, okay, you and me are going to win this game. Right, so Devontae Adams, I'm getting him in some DFS lineups this week, just on the just on the squeaky wheel, you know, narrative game at the very least. Yeah, the old uh, the old finger trap narrative. You got to keep your uh, keep your friends close. Uh, I knew he heard that, uh, Britt silently <laughs> uh, led us onto that uh, revelation there. But uh, 
Yeah, I don't want to like be that guy. I did tweet something earlier uh, in the last couple days. Um, so um, let me actually pull it up here. Um, I actually think he's probably like a Ferrari version of Alan Lazard because we know he's going to be the split end. Um, this the... is like like Mac Hollins is what Alan Lazard wishes he could be. Uh, dude, like, it, you got to make it three way with Devonte Parker in there too. Like I'll I just have him come out of the the NYPD van, like poking like, his, just head, sticking out his head out. Yeah. Like Parker, head same out. thing. Zero receptions, and all of a sudden he has this one big game. But he's just like the they're kind of like the guy that hangs out on the side while everyone's playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean Mac Hollins. Yeah, if he's gonna have a role, I mean it's very. Uh, uh, it, sorry, this three way. Uh, sorry, gutter that Dave uh throw that one right in the gutter <laughs> um yeah i mean i think matt collins is everything that alan lazard wishes he could be sorry howard but like it, it's kind of it's not looking out good out there outside of touchdowns but hey especially with Dubs making an emergence right like alan lazard quickly could be like the wide receiver too and then if they they needed to play these young guys to see what they have they needed some juice in that offense and dubs like for, it wasn't even like accumulation in the game. It was on the first drive. He had three catches in the first drive and then capped it off with a touchdown. Like he asserted himself from like snap one. So, um, but back to Hollins, I think he could be a thing. I just don't know if, I don't think we're going to be seeing eight for one fifty eight all that often, but we know he's going to be out there running routes as the split end. I mean, he's probably going to have like wide receiver three, you know, when when all is said and done, if he's getting this work, I mean, I think he can get close to a hundred targets. But you know, hope hopefully I'm wrong. Um, so yeah, I just I've never really. Ha- I mean, he's already 29 years old. I guess it's the ageist in me where I guess I'm um, branded to be out on him because he's already kind of dusty. But you know, as we saw, dust can dust can thrive. Look at Tyler Lockett. It's not Dynasty, Kevin. <laughs> you can have one good year. That's right. You can. You can. I mean, not. Hey, not everybody's Larry Fitzgerald, but you know what? Damn it! Why can't Matt Collins be Ferrari Alan Lazard? Why not? Um, I will. For so the thing that I want answered: um, How long can the Steelers keep up with this Mitch Trubisky charade? Like, I understand oh. that Mike Tomlin is a man of conviction and a man that is not afraid to say what he said, what he wants to say at any given time. But at some point you have to, at least the quarterback that you took with the 20th overall pick Mitch Trubisky is just, he's sinking this team offensively. Like it trickles down to the run game. I mean, the offensive line was not great to begin with, but the fact that, you know, Deontay Johnson needs like 16 targets just to go eight for 80 um, is, is not great. And it just sinks, George Pickens, it sinks, sinks big slot, uh, Chase Claypool, Pat Fryermuth. Like with these weapons, it's like, it's the, it's the meme of putting a Ferrari in a, like next to that dilapidated trailer. Like it's that meme right now. The dilapidated trailer is Mitch Trubisky. Like maybe Pickett's worse and that's possible, but you don't know it until you at least throw them out there. Like right now, like, I'm not Trubisky is not Justin Fields. He's not Joe Flacco. He's not Baker Mayfield, but he's still pretty bad. He's still a well below average quarterback. So, and everyone, everyone talks about ruining these guys like that. You might ruin the guy. Well, dude, that's what they said about Tua that they put in, they had um, Fitzpatrick there. Then they put in Tua. We know what Trubisky is though. We've seen it for six years. Right. Well, that's things we know who Ryan Fitzpatrick was. Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing over Tua. They put in Tua. Tua didn't do well. They had to take him back out. Guess what? They didn't ruin Tua. Tua's fine. So, like, if he's not playing well, I'm with you, Kev. Give Kenny Pickett a chance. You're not going to – I mean, I don't think you're going to ruin him. He's either going to be able to play NFL caliber football at some point in his career or he's not, you know? Like, I don't think starting him for a couple games in the middle of the season – is going to me is the defining factor of his entire career. Right. Or, it's not like this team had expectations to go to the Super Bowl this year anyway. Right. Yeah, it's not like it's not like he would have been a super megastar, but because you played him against the Jets this week, 
now it's now he can never be right you know what i mean like yeah, it's not how it works dude but the thing is if they don't put him in now this week i think it would be a mistake to put him in the week after and start kenny pickett in his first game ever against the bills i think that would be that would be a mistake at least yeah. or or the game after against the buccaneers or the game after against the dolphins <laughs> so it's kind of a so rough you're saying i'm looking at the schedule it. dude or look at the schedule or the eagles <laughs> so I, it's like Put them in this week against the Jets. I think you gotta. Yeah, I mean, like that. They're dude. Now that I pulled their schedule, it is a murderer's row. You know, like I guess you gotta wait till they play the Saints. I don't know, man. Because like, are you gonna really gonna put them in fifteen? This is their schedule. It goes Jets, which is now is now would be the time, right? Against the Jets. Oh then God, goes, I just looked at it. Bills, Buccaneers, <laughs> Dolphins, Eagles, Saints, Bengals. Cold. Then you get the Colts and the Falcons. You get a two-game stretch there where you can throw them in. And then you get the then you get the Ravens. So, yeah. I mean, dude. I don't know. At the very least, maybe against the Buccaneers, first game, out, maybe at home. But on the road against the Bills, that's cruel and unusual punishment. So, maybe two more games for Mitch. Maybe two more. Yeah. I don't... I never had high expectations for Trubisky even coming into the season. It's been validated by watching his inaccuracy and just complete like unawareness in the pocket and all of his mental errors that he's done. I mean, as somebody who has so much nausea, he's really, really screwing over my nausea shares because he's just not, nobody has to respect the pass. So what, you know, how are you going to run it when nobody respects the pass? Like that's the only thing that you can do. Um, and I, you know, they started out with some pretty easy games on their schedule, but going down, I mean, this might be the first season that Tomlin has a losing record. And I mean, why not give Pickett some exposure and some, they need experience. to blow out, they need to blow out one way or another. Like, you know, these games have been close, so you haven't really had a chance. Like if they go up big on the jets, put them in. If you get, if you're getting crushed by the bills, put them in takes the pressure off when you go into the game as like part of a mop-up crew because it's like you know if mitch goes out and sets you up with like 24 nothing bills then even if you go out and turn the score into you know 35 nothing you don't feel so bad about it because it's like you know you didn't do anything the guy before you didn't do you're playing with house money so that's probably when we're first going to see Pickett. is one of these games will be a blowout and they'll say get in there kid and he'll get crushed it's like inheriting base runners (laughs) Right. exactly it's like you know that was that was some other guy stuff right you know so i think that's what we will see picking probably somewhere in here during the stretch if they're getting blown out yeah the well the scary thing is just knowing how steadfast tomlin was and it's just how stubborn he was in saying like there's like almost no chance paraphrasing but like no chance that that picket's going in like Okay, well, you're playing for like six and eleven anyway. So what does it make? What difference does it make? Like, go get the number top five uh, draft pick and, and play Pickett. And if you know he sucks, well, whatever. Go get some offensive linemen and call it a day. We'll see you in 2023. Like, your your se- your offense is pretty much set up right now. All you really need is offensive linemen to get you know TJ Watt back up and upright and healthy. Like, and you're probably if you're not winning the division, you're in the mix. Like it's almost like, I know it sucks to say we're already only through three weeks, but like live to play another day at this point. Yep. Yeah. Um, We got a couple more. I thought we had one question above, but I may not have. Did you guys see one? Okay. Well, I know there's that one. I thought there was one above. What do you think I get from Mike Williams and Javante Williams? Probably get a decent piece. I mean, hang on to those those two. I would hang on to him. I think, yeah, Javante's gonna, yeah, I think Javante's gonna, gonna find his way in Hackett's offense. Like, they're gonna get that split share, uh, figured out eventually. Mike Boone is not gonna be a part of that backfield for long. I think that's just Hackett's way of trying to be cute, and it hasn't really worked for him. So, he's gonna have to run Javante more. Right. And it's he did say he's planning on flipping Mike Williams and Javante for a better running back. So um I mean I just don't know what better because it's it stinks because now two of the top running backs that you could have possibly traded him for are now hurt when Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Swift, who I think could have made some sense there if you got another receiver back. 
um, you know, a lesser receiver than Mike Williams, but it's tough because the running back market is very thin right now. It's like, I mean, Nick Chubb is a two down back, you know, Derek Henry is coming off a foot injury. So, but it's been okay. Christian McCaffrey isn't the same, but Christian McCaffrey we've seen when he's been healthy, but like but the running back way. Mark Taylor, I mean, on a bad Kay- team, Caden, the, if you pull up the guy peaked, uh, Alex, uh, peaked in high school, real good dude. We actually have him on the on the show every Wednesday morning. He's a guy from um, from Reddit. His trade chart suggests that you should be able to trade those two guys for virtually anybody except for McCaffrey, Taylor, or Saquon. So, like, if you're going to trade those guys, make sure you're getting like a me- a guy that you consider to be a megastar. But like, yeah, like Kev's saying, like, are you gonna have to buy somebody who is falling? In pro- you know what I mean? Like a banged up Dalvin or an Austin Eckler, right? Like, would you do that? Would you guys do that for Austin Eckler? I don't think so. Yeah, that's what I mean. No. I think I would just hang on to what you have, man. Yeah, uh, that that was the, I knew I saw that one. It was Wendy who had a super flex question. Uh, my quarterbacks are Ryan Fields and Jimmy G. Would you drop either for Zach Wilson, Hoyer, or Brissett, or just jump off a cliff? I would not. Uh, I don't want that on my conscience to tell you to jump off a cliff. Please don't. Do I thought that. you were gonna say I don't want that on my conscience to have you pick up Brian Hoyer. So jump, <laughs> so jump off the cliff. Well, like if it's between Hoyer it, and the cliff, if it's between Hoyer and the cliff, I, I don't know. I don't know, Wendy. The fact uh, that it's a kind of a tough decision should kind of tell you everything you need to know. No. Um, I mean, it's, it, I don't know if I can drop any quarterback that's slated to start in a super flex. I think I would just hold the line there. I mean, I guess if I'm going to drop anybody, it'd probably be, I don't know, probably Matt Ryan, but I don't think I, I wouldn't drop any of them. You're not really getting a sizable upgrade either way for any of those quarterbacks. Certainly pretty, not Hoyer. Wilson or Brissett are just kind of average. I mean, just be pretty shallow benches, right? Like uh, for most of the super flex out of leagues I'm in, there's not many quarterbacks out there at all. Right. Yeah. It's like the the toast of like backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just sit. I've been starting Brissett and Scott Fishbowl. Well, that's another thing with Brissett too. You've got to remember that he's not playing this entire season. So you're basically picking up a loner if you pick him up for any of these guys who theoretically could start all season, you know? Yeah. Uh, offered uh, James Robinson and Goddard for Kelsey. Uh, have ETN. I'm hurting at running back. Still no, right? Yeah. Uh, that's uh, yeah, kind of nice, though. Yeah. You can't get rid of Kelsey, though. Can't do that. Yeah, just you have such a positional advantage with Kelsey or Andrews versus the field. Like Tyler Conklin is your tight end three. Like that should tell you everything about the strength of the tight end position or lack thereof. So, um, yeah, you hard pressed. I mean, say what you want about he's literally a medical marvel, James Robinson. Like it's a great story. I just don't Crazy. know if that's just, it is. Like, is that is this? It feels like the last like six to eight months have changed our complete worldview on the Achilles injury now. Right. Sterling Shepard looked good too, but then he tore his other ACL. <laughs> that, so that's nothing, awful. I mean, it doesn't, doesn't, can't really take away from the Achilles recovery. Yeah. That stadium is literally the worst stadium for injuries, I think, in the entire league. That stadium has claimed more ACLs and Achilles than anywhere else. Yeah, you're not you're not kidding. Uh Scampers here, feelings about Chark uh with their injuries. Yeah, Chark has been like running the routes, but just he's fallen in like the back of the pack. Like Josh Reynolds had a great game last week. Amon Ren St. Brown was in and out of the lineup, um, you know, coming off the field, but he still ran like a almost 80% route share. And then Hawkinson scored the touchdown. Like it's gonna be hard to have him mix in, and that's what makes him such a a tough start for me. Like if I'm going to pick someone that's not a uh, sun God or Hawkinson in the past game, it's probably Chark, but it doesn't mean I feel great about it. I, yeah, I can't I get like too Chark. excited about I Chark. Still think I like he's him. going to be fine. Yeah, I think it'd be fine. I like him as more of a DFS play. You know what I mean? Play lean into the situation. But. Yeah. He's a good, uh, contrarian pick there. Certainly. Um, all right. Well, I think we are going to, uh, get out of here. 
anything, any last words, uh, Brett Coop, before we uh, log off? I just swear if Justin Jefferson has another bad week, I think my brain might explode. We cannot have I, this. We need some of that London touchdown magic that Kyle Pitts saw last year. <laughs> we need this to happen. And I just want to say thanks to everybody that joins us, man. Ask the questions, comes and hangs out, especially the people that come in and hang out on like the better sports show in the morning and then come in here, man. Like can't tell you how much we appreciate that, dude. You guys are super cool. So thank you. Like, thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. Helps us out, helps us feed our kids. Uh and like and hit the like button too. Uh I mean, you know, my kids are running around, you know, no shirts on. We need to buy shirts. Kids like, gonna be cat gonna, kids gonna be in cat food soon if you don't smash that like button. Yeah, I don't have I don't have kids, I mean, but I, I might have to get some and feed them cat food if nobody hits the like button. So, out, uh, yeah, outside that's... of like everybody on Twitter yeah. and Brit and Coop, like I don't th- I don't think anybody wants to see me eating cat food. This has become a threat. It really has. Like, Can recreate the gonna... always sunny scene. Yeah, you, know, might have to. you know it's sad. I've never really like given that show a chance to it's watch so it. What? It's really funny. Never. Hey, I'm just getting caught That's up on shows. Work. Like, it's like it's like white trash Seinfeld. <laughs> That's yeah. legit. What it That's is? That's a great way to describe it. I've never heard it described that way, but you're absolutely right. Just bad people doing horrible things. It's hilarious. <laughs> bad people doing horrible things. I love it. All right. Well, we're gonna get on here. Get on out of here. Uh, of course, remember there is a London game uh, for week four, so you're gonna have to either uh, set your lineup Saturday night. Or wake up at the crack of dawn to set your lineup uh, with your Vikings and Saints. So go do that. Uh, for Brett Flynn, for Andrew Cooper, I am Kevin Topkins. Uh, Coop, lead, uh, lead us out. Toodles. <laughs>